Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, Noel and I are going to talk about how to ignite your spark when you're feeling drained. And uh, man, who can't relate to this? Yes, tis the yeah. season for feeling drained. Yeah, but also just in general, I think uh, the coaching journey uh, almost requires you to feel drained sometimes. It's like there's no way to avoid this. This is just part of the whole thing, you know? Yeah, and I think universal. I mean, as you're experiencing with, um, for example, parenthood. Mm -hmm. oh, How's yeah. that going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, exhausting, and then it's ex exhilarating, and then it's exhausting. You know, it's that whole ebb and flow. Yeah. Like, so, like life. Yeah, just like life and like nature. There are storms, there's drought. And so for humans, feelings of depletion come from all different sources, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, sadness, anxiety, stuckness, exhaustion, and it's real. It's it's part of the tapestry of our lives. Yeah. So when you feel drained, um, and you mentioned our, our limbic system, what happens to our body? Like what? What's the chemical stuff that's going on that that you know uh, produces then um, anxiety and sadness and all of the all the stuff. Absolutely. So the, the feelings themselves have attending chemicals and with negative feelings, cortisol is usually the culprit that we have to mm -hmm. be aware of. That if you're mm -hmm. having a big time stress response based on something like fear, that's an instantaneous cortisol hit. If you're right. sad, you'll get a cortisol bump the next day. So any way you slice it, if you're feelings fall into the negativity bucket, you're going to have an increase in cortisol. And what this does is it disrupts all of your body's natural processes and it gets mm. us out of sync with everyday functioning. Yeah. And I wonder if you have a, uh, a sadness, you know, there's a blanket of sadness um, that the cortisol is a slow drip. And I wonder if that's more dangerous because it's, uh, it's less detectable, you know? It could be that what you're describing uh, sounds like the conditions for a low-grade depression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dysthymia, depression, um, not wanting to, you know, like being able to function, but not not really at, you know, near your level. So just kind of going through the motions of life. I always, I always feel like that's more damaging because it's almost like it's not extreme enough to take, you know, uh, major action. And also it could go a long time without you noticing, you know, and then you wake up one day and you're like, I did nothing for the last two years, you know? Yeah. And, and that falls under the bucket of chronic. Yeah. And especially as all of us are dealing with the pandemic and the different challenges and ebb and flow of life, the pandemic's just kind of hanging out in the background. Mm -hmm. And so folks are really starting to feel the chronic nature of the, as you exactly described that really slow cortisol drip. So it's problematic, and that's why we're talking about it today. Yeah. So let's talk about what we do. Yeah. So yeah. in Coachland and in Journeyland, we rely really heavily on applied positive psychology, and it's really specifically 
applied positive interventions that we're going to run through today um, are different ways that we can increase our feel-good hormones alongside of the um, inevitability of a cortisol drip. And Mm. the feel-good hormones actually combat our body's stress responses. And it's not only the feel-good hormones, but it's also the feel-good emotions because remember those go hand in hand and we just might be able to rebalance our body's systems if we get enough of the right chemicals in there. Yeah. So give us some examples of um, feel-good hormones um, and, and, and emotions. Yeah. So love is what's known as the supreme emotion. Uh, the micronutrients associated with love give us the entire chemical cocktail that we need, which is oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. Mm. So, I mean, love is so broad. You're talking about any form of love, right? So whether it's romantic love or friends, family, any kind of love where you are um, stretching your heart and, 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 and loving someone. Yeah. According to Barbara Fredrickson, it is a micro moment of an agreed upon um, position of mutual care. So it's, you know, that you can, it could be your dog. You could give your dog a big hug and that's a micro moment of agreed upon mutual care between you and another animal. It could be um, your neighbor, you know, a friendly hello, you make eye contact. And in that moment, you've agreed upon mutual care. That's love. Yeah. And when I think of love, if it's too broad for you listening, uh, I think of the word connection. Yes. You know, so when you feel drained, think about you feeling disconnected, almost like you're you're not plugged in anymore. And then um, to combat that, focus on connecting. And so mm-hmm. connecting can mean a lot of different things. Connect, connecting, you know, romantically, intimately, connecting uh, uh, via friends, connecting with family, connecting with uh, a dog, or you know, in my case, perhaps a chicken. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm going to stop there and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of John and love and chickens. So let's move on quickly and swiftly. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Noelle swerving around that pothole. Oh my. So, so when we talk about upping our connection, when we talk about intentionally upping these chemicals, hormones, and neuroreceptors, we're using applied positive interventions. And what these are really specifically are strategies and exercises that have been empirically, scientifically proven to increase well-being, positive cognitions, and to induce positive emotions. And the inducing of those positive emotions is what gives you the chemicals. Right. And, you know, the the trick, I don't want to say trick because that sounds like there's, you know, something that's kind of false, but it's to do it in a way that's actually real. So you can't just, you know, sit there and force yourself to feel positive emotions. I mean, I think if you do that, it might go the other way. So um, what are some ways that we can produce positive emotions in our lives, especially if we are feeling drained or don't have the energy or, you know, we don't want to, um, uh, quote unquote, love connect? Yeah. So what you just said was so important that you can't just sit there and force yourself to feel. When we're talking about applied positive interventions or PPIs, as they're called in data land, um, it's active. 
It is an active stance. It is an exercise. It is an, a practice. So, you know, really similar to exercise. When you exercise and you get your heart pumping, you create um, different hormonal conditions in your body. It works the exact same way with these positive interventions. So they're broken down into seven categories and we're going to hit them one by one. That brings us to our very first intervention, which is savoring. Yeah. And I love, I love that, um, Noel calls these magic beans. Yes, they are. Yes. All, <laughs> all, the seven all, magic beans. The seven magic beans. What are the seven different applied positive interventions that you can use? They are our magic beans and savoring is number one. So mm. savoring is all about sensory experiences and Food is the absolute best way if you if you have no idea what to do, if you have no idea how to get started with a, a sensory experience, sitting there and really focusing on enjoying a nice cup of coffee or enjoying a meal is, is your way in. Yeah. And this is actually uh, also mindfulness. You know, it's anchoring. So whenever you are using your senses, uh, touch, smell, feel, you know, all of your senses, it brings you into the present and it, it naturally kind of takes you out of uh, your head. And, 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 and now you are using all your senses to anchor. Yes. And so when we're engaging in savoring, whatever sense you're choosing to use, physical, emotional, or social, what you want to do is to draw all of your attention there and consciously sense in the moment most people are really disconnected from their bodies. And so forcing yourself to feel, um, you know, what the mug feels like, what the coffee right. tastes like. I'm, I'm touching my dining room table right now. The wood, it's mango wood. It kind of feels warm and smooth. And to get into that sensory experience is, is, is how we do this. And the very cool part about it is that consistently engaging in this and savoring is reliable for treating depression and mood disorders. Mm. Yeah, and, and I also want to remind you guys, we're not saying if you feel drained, uh, use food as a vehicle to you know stuff your face and, and uh, eat your feelings. Um, we're saying use food as a way to get mindful and to savor and to anchor yourself um, by uh, experiencing all your senses. Absolutely, because taste yeah. is, um, unless you have COVID, really accessible. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. And number two, and this is something that uh, Noelle is a big fan of and practices, uh, gratitude interventions. Oh, yeah. Gratitude yeah. is awesome. Um, and gratitude is a very cool intervention because it's it's basically a two for one. If you, in, if you join with another person, it packs a chemical punch for both the person who gives and the person who receives. Mm. Can you... Um, Practice gratitude by yourself, meaning, um, you know, whether it's uh, journaling, um, sitting, meditating, um, how would you do that by yourself where it's powerful? This Absolutely. idea of practicing gratitude. Yeah. So gratitude interventions fall into two different categories. The first one is self-reflective. So that is your solo activity. That's journaling. That could be singing. That could be writing poetry. However, painting, however you experience self-expression or however you might be curious about experiencing self-expression, that's a fantastic way to 
work with your own feelings of gratitude. Mm. And then the second piece is interactive. And this is where you can actually reach out to another human. Um, letter writing is a wonderful tool here. Or pick up the phone, call someone, tell them what you appreciate about them, um, tokens of appreciation. And if you really, if you want to actually triple and activate this, you can make an altruistic gift in the name of whoever you appreciate. Cause that way you're, you're looping in, um, our next magic mm. being, which is kindness and altruism. Yeah. And I got to say one thing about gratitude. I find that, um, the, what, the, why people struggle with it is it's on their checklist, right? And it's such a, um, it's one of those things like vulnerability where it's now wide. Everyone knows the power of it. There's science behind it. Uh, but we struggle with actually practicing it daily. And so it's always on our checklist of to-dos, but we never get around to it. So um, when it comes to gratitude, you really have to make it a priority or it just kind of slips throughout the day. Yeah. And and, and as you're thinking about this, as you're holding it in your mind, there's, again, these interventions are active. So there's a huge difference between thinking about doing it and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about gratitude is that it is so powerful that simply naming the things and people that you're grateful for will immediately help you feel better. You'll feel more positive and you'll experience increased motivation as well. Yeah. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, so I definitely need to, to practice that later. Um, and then number three is kindness and altruism. Yes. So- I want to do an experiment, John. Mm, I'm scared. Yes, be scared. Given that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning and mm -hmm. we're going through a laundry list of applied positive interventions, I want to take your temperature right now and then I mm -hmm. want to take your temperature at the end of our conversation and see if you're, you've changed the way that you feel. Mm, okay, let's do it. Because I posit that simply talking about these things will make a shift. Yeah. And if you're interested in coaching or if you are a coach, um, this idea of checking someone's temperature is really good. Mm -hmm. So right? we're, checking we're getting with the baseline. Them. Yeah. yeah. Seeing so, what they're, where they're at and then checking it later. On a scale of one to 10, how cranky are you right now? Oh, so 10 being the, the, the angry cranky, yes. <laughs> um, uh, throwing chairs version and then, and then a zero being, um, not angry. Uh, I would say, cranky i would say like like seven it's pretty Ooh, high yeah okay. i don't feel like doing anything yeah okay so we're gonna stop drop and um i want you to give me um three things that you're grateful for now that you weren't grateful for last year oh okay um my daughter uh that comes to mind right away super grateful to uh be working from home so i could uh you know, witness her first everything's like walking and, and stuff. Um, I know a lot of people have to go to work and they're gone for the whole day. And since I work from home, I get that. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for, oh, uh, 10 years ago, the way that I defined uh, success was if I could um, just go shopping at Whole Foods every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And um, because I was broke and I remember once in a while, I'd go to the Whole Foods bar and uh, I would be like, oh my God, if I could just shop, do my groceries at Whole Foods every weekend and be able to afford, that would be amazing. Um, and so we go, to, we go to Whole Foods, it's kind of a family outing every Sunday and it's become really fun and exciting and um, I'm grateful for that, the, the ability to do that. 
Awesome. And then um, three, I'm going to say um, I'm grateful for uh, living in a new place in Los Angeles because I grew up here my entire life and I've been everywhere um, that w- that I would normally not be interested in, but I'm finding beauty in. Oh, so it's, awesome. yeah, tuck, tucked away up in the hills. Um, it's there's weather here, so it's really cold or really hot and uh, quiet and stuff like that. So yeah, kind of getting out of the city without getting out of the city. Awesome, grateful for I that. Can't yeah, wait to come and visit one day. Yeah. One day, absolutely. All right, so tuck those away and let's keep going. So number three is kindness and altruism. And as I mentioned earlier, this goes great with gratitude. And and you can always stack these positive interventions on top of each other like a warm pile of positivity pancakes. Mm. Um, beans and pancakes. Beans and pancakes. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So altruism, you know, a lot of people associate altruism with um, charitable donations and charitable acts, but it, it doesn't have to be. This is a wonderful area where you can get super duper creative. So, you know, even just thinking about what would it be like to curate a really romantic night for your partner, mm. um, giving your child a toy to play with. Um of course, yes, donating, giving, giving meals to help beat hunger, volunteering your time in any way you can, or um, some things that I've done during the pandemic are pay some bills for a friend or, mm. you know, pick up trash in my neighborhood, um, giving compliments to others. Yeah. The magnitude doesn't matter. Any single act that you can come up with will promote happiness. Um, so, John. Can you give me three compliments? Oh wow! I oh, love yeah. how dire- I love how direct <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, absolutely, I can. I'm going to cross off to give your toy a child thing because she doesn't need any more toys. Oh, no and, more toys. Yeah, and I also want to say I saw something on the internet. Uh, and this reminds me, which was really cool. You could call your, um, I believe, gas company and ask them for a list of people uh, where their gas or power is going to be turned off, and you could actually pay those bills. Oh hell no, yeah! I, I never knew that that existed. So that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, give, back to giving Noel compliments. Yes. Um, Noel, I can't think of any. I can't think of not one compliment to give. No. Uh, first compliment is that uh, she is cons- – you are con- – I'm talking like you're not here. You are <laughs> consistently um, – Okay, so let me let me just say one of my biggest compliments for anyone uh, is, and I don't give this to many, is that um, they constantly show up, like uh, meaning consistent. So who you are, uh, you know, doesn't fluctuate and change, and it's not confusing. So um, since I've known you, you've been like uh, consistently you, and you know all of who you are. So the kindness you know, the, um, the intellect, the, the way that you treat people, it's been, um, really consistent and that is very hard. That's very rare to find. So that's one compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Two, a second compliment is I love your silliness. Um, because I'm also silly. I love that you use words like magic beans and positivity pancakes. Um, I, I connect with you on that. You know, it, um, the spirit of you and the spirit of me, uh, I think sometimes we're just, 
um, even though we're doing very adult things, I feel like uh, we're little kids playing. I agree. And that's, 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 there's a big connection there kind of on a spiritual level. Um, and then the third compliment is, man, um, I appreciate the fact that we're able to connect and work together and all of this. And, and you're, you've always been, you know, on, on the East coast, like with yeah. different time zones. Um, and never, I mean, it feels like you're always kind of down the street, but you've never been in LA for, you know, years. It's, you've always been in Philadelphia. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I think one of the reasons why it works well is because, um, it's just so you're so easy to get a hold of. You're easy to reach. You're you're always around, like all of that. So, um, those are my three compliments. Thank you. That yeah. felt awesome. How did it feel for you? It felt good. It felt um, like I wasn't making it about me. You know. Cool. Yeah. So we're we're slowly chipping away at John's cranky pants today. Okay. Yeah. Next up, number four is empathy. And this is, you know, I love gratitude. I'm huge on gratitude, but I think of all of the interventions, this is to me my favorite. And I think mm-hmm. um, the most important and the one that I personally use the most. And there's there's a really specific nuance to it. So empathy is all about building positive relationships with others. And it's really about communication and perceiving what's going on for somebody else. Right. And when we do this, we bridge the gap between ourselves and the other people around us and we feel less alone. Um, We connect to other people. They feel better. They feel seen and understood. And and we're able to really dig into that altruism and kindness in a focused and specific way. Yeah, and this is a heart exercise, right? This is not a mind empathize. You're not just thinking about, um, um, you know, what it what it feels like uh, for the other person to be going through whatever he or she is going through. But you're you're extending your heart. You're feeling it. You're feeling it, and 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 empathy and compassion um, are similarly related. When we feel compassion, we're doing that extra cut of taking on somebody's emotions. But when we empathize, we're saying, I understand your emotions and they're mm-hmm. valid. Yeah. And sometimes empathy means to, you don't need to give someone solutions. You know, sometimes empathy means just to be there, just to let someone know that you feel and you care uh, without saying, okay, well, this is what you should do. <laughs> yes, 100%. And in really taking the time to understand someone often opens the door for solutions to present themselves. I yeah. use empathy mapping as a tool in business and mm. it is incredibly effective. Um, empathy mapping, and this is just a, one example of how you can use empathy. If you're interested in empathy, there is a world out there for you to dig into, especially in Coachland. come see us at Journey. But here's a quickie, um, empathy mapping, is whatever's going on, you and another human. So I'll use John right now. Um, John's told me that he's cranky pants. And so I'm going to sprinkle him with magic beans and make him eat positivity pancakes. And But before I can do that, before we can reach solution, I need to understand where he's at. So taking the time to think critically about what John is literally seeing, hearing, 
thinking, feeling, saying, and doing is going to set me up for success in bridging true connection to the person in front of me. So when you sit down to empathy map, you take a 360 degree walk around somebody else's world and those environmental cues are really important because it makes that world real. So for example, I know that John has a little kiddo. Um, I know that sleep comes hard. I know that John's probably sitting in kind of a cold um, garage right now, (laughs) tired and maybe low on energy. And so what is he seeing? He's seeing his room. He's seeing um, ideas of the things that uh, he has to tend to or, you know, reminders of that, of his home life. He's hearing me. We're, we're doing a podcast. We have to perform professionally. Um, he's thinking, because I know John pretty well, probably about a lot of different things. Podcast, squirrel, pancakes, mm-hmm. beans, yeah. podcast, yeah. you know, and just it's it's this kind of ping pong. Um, what is he saying and doing? He's he's saying, you know, we're talking, we're having our conversation um, and he's doing his very best to be present and motivated in this time. So when I pull all of that together, God, I love my friend and I can really understand where John might be at right now. And I kind of got tears in my eyes and I just want to give you a hug, John. (laughs) Mm, That's so sweet. Um, And as she's saying that, you know, uh, I could notice a, a smile creeping up on my face, but also there's a warmth, there's a, and it's coming from the feeling of um, someone understanding, right? Even if it's for a moment, someone saying, okay, you know, um, your nipples are diamonds because you're in the freezing garage and your heater's off because it makes noise and you got to do this podcast, like all the stuff, you got all these little fires that you got to put out. And, um, but, but in this moment, um, a friend is, picturing herself in my shoes and she understands. So now notice she didn't give me any solutions. She's not going to tell me, you know, what I need to, to do um, for the day um, unless I ask for them, but just her kind of verbally saying, okay, this is where you're coming from. I understand. It makes me understand you better connect with you. Um, as a human being, that makes me feel um, heard, understood, loved. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and and that's the threshold from which we do our work together. And, and that level of connection and understanding makes it so much easier to get stuff done because we see each other. Yeah, and this is the uh, this is foundational stuff mm-hmm. for when you're coaching someone, you mm-hmm. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Two more, three more. Uh, number five is optimism. Yeah. So optimism is one of the building blocks of self-confidence. And some people experience optimism naturally. They're typically extroverts. They see the glass as half full. Um, It doesn't come naturally for everyone. And that's important to realize, Um, especially kind of given the way that American society is set up. I like to call it the Coke commercial version of life, where if you're not Mm. happy and psyched about everything and presenting how awesome your life is, you're doing it wrong. Um, So, you know, a lot of this can, can tear people down when they feel like they're not measuring up. But the good news about optimism is that when you engage in optimism as a practice, you get the same chemical boost as you would if you experienced it naturally. And yeah. so 
very much within your control to change your brain chemistry and hold up the good things along with the bad things because they exist um, and to kind of hold them all in equal measure. This is what we know from Barbara Fredrickson's work, how we begin to attach to true resilience. Mm. And I love that, um, that, that this is optimism training, right? So it's not like um, to be optimistic in one moment and, you know, uh, doing that once every three months. It's it's training, it's practice, it's threaded into your life. It's a way of being. Yeah. So let's play yeah. with this. John, you're cold, you're tired, you're fussy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you're in your garage. Um, tell me what you like about your environment. What do you like about that space? Oh, I like I love my garage. It's a little it's a studio. Um, I used to work in coffee shops, but now with the pandemic, I had to build a little studio in my uh, in my home. So it's become my little uh, clubhouse. So even though it's cold right now, um, it's a space that I really love to come in and work in. Get specific. What do you love? I have a giant um, wood table with a bench. I have um, equipment. I've got my motorcycle. I've got uh, my rowing machine behind me. I have everything I need to uh, change my state, but also to be creative. And it reminds me of um, um, back in the 80s when I would lock myself into a room and play with my Legos. This is my my Lego room. That's awesome. Did you guys hear how John's voice lifted when he was telling us all about his cool toys? Mm. It's real. Optimism <laughs> training works. Right. All right. So number six is leaning into character. And the character, oh my God, what a broad topic, but let's distill it down. So here from a positive psychology lens, we're talking specifically about the work of Chris Peterson and Martin Seligman. Chris P- Peterson uh, passed away long before his time, and he was one of the founding thinkers in positive psychology. And of course, Martin Seligman is is well known. He's at the University of Pennsylvania. And they came up with a concept of character strengths, which in essence represent psychological pathways that all humans possess for helping ourselves and others. And these are things like kindness, generosity, hope, and even open-mindedness. And this is what um, at Journey we refer to as living from the inside out. Mm. Yeah. John, do you remember when we were first forming this company and we were at a um, co-working space and we locked ourselves in a room and I remember writing on the whiteboard, living from the inside out? I don't remember it. Everything that we do is a blur <laughs> <laughs> because we, we've been on the whiteboard and talking um, so much, but um, I'm sure it happened. Um, we both talk about this idea of living um, you know, from the inside out instead of the outside in. I mean, I, I definitely have a personal uh, experience with this. Yeah, I I have that memory vividly etched in my head. Most of the things are a blur from that time, but I remember that conversation and probably because it struck me like lightning. And that was kind of our why was, you know, if we can help people live from the inside out with your strengths of, you know, what lights you up, your virtues, your pathways to goodness versus the inside out, which is, you know, society's discourse telling you, you have to look a certain way or make a certain amount of money. Like people will just be happier. Yeah. Um, and all of the research around this shows that when you focus on living from the inside out versus the outside in, um, that's when you start to experience deep 
authentic connection to others and then contentment in life. So the outcomes are profound. Yes. And I'd also want to say, and it's, 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 it's very hard to do, especially in the world that we live in. Right. So it's not something that um, you just decide and it's done. It's something that you really have to work at, you know, you know what I started doing that's been incredibly effective um, mm. at, at night before I go to bed, I look at my calendar and I think about the day ahead and I look at everything that I have to do and I mentally walk through each interaction and engagement and I think about from a character strengths perspective what I want to feel and how I can bring my best self to it and I plant those seeds the night before. Yeah. Um, what ended up happening for me is I don't wake up. I haven't woken up with dread or bad moods. I wake up excited because I've already decided how I'm going to lean into my day from a positive perspective. I've already decided on the positive mm -hmm. outcomes and then getting in there is so much easier. Yeah. It's really easy to wake up and um, start thinking about everything that you have to do things that you don't want to do. And then you kind of collapse on yourself because then that's lined with worry and dread. So, um, you know, instead of allowing uh, the world to, to come in and crash you, um, pulling from uh, whether it's feeling or what I talk about a lot, your solid self, uh, pulling from something that's internal instead of allowing the external uh, is definitely, uh, I think it's a, it's a life changer. Yeah. 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 So now our, our final um, magic bean, our final intervention is a heavy hitter and it's meaning finding and attaching to meaning in life. And yeah, this is, this is everything. I mean, this, this is, is everything. I know that you've done a lot of work here. What are, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I did not have a meaningful life. Uh, and I, mean, I was looking at the poster of my book. It says meaningful life, uh, every man's guide to a meaningful life. And it's like, uh, I was miserable because I did not have a meaningful life. And then when I started all over and, and uh, injected meaning into my life, uh, hang my life on meaning. Um, and this doesn't mean that you have to have some giant, you know, purpose. Um, it just means that things in your life, um, they have meaning, they have value, they have worth, and, and they're not things that are things that you're chasing. They're not things that are, you know, necessarily bought or external, but they're things that you have earned or built. And and even things like character, you know, things that are kind of abstract that you can't really touch. If, if those hold value for you, um, your life is going to brighten. You're, you're not going to feel like you are just, uh, you know, swimming to this island. You're going to feel like you're already there. Oh, yeah. For me, the most important thing about meaning is that everybody has to define it for themselves. What's right. meaningful to you is going to be different than what's meaningful to me. And when we really reframe it and we turn concepts of success on its head and say, hey, you know, how about you make the adventure of your lifetime all about figuring out what holds the most meaning for you? Um, yeah. Turn over every single rock, every single stone until you discover and you hold that prize and are like, holy shit, this is where it's at. Yeah. And, and you know, you have to think about um, why something is meaningful to you because uh, it's going to be different, you know, than, than for someone else. And if you get caught up to uh, caught up in something should mean something to me because the world places value on it or my neighbor does, then that's going to be a false meaning. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And when we hit meaning, uh, it gives us really cool outcomes. We get clarity. We're able to set goals and expectations for ourselves because we know who we are. And that makes us happier and more content in the long run. And it, this is, you know, not little stuff. When we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, self-actualization, our, our highest level comes from attaching to meaning. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are um, feeling drained and you want to know how to ignite a spark, go through these seven. See if um, you are practicing these or you have these in your life. And if not, ask yourself what it looks like to uh, start working on these seven. Oh, yeah. And for me, I think the coolest part about this is you know, unlike therapy, unlike the medical models um, that really take time to work, all of the applied positive psychology interventions are based on what we already have inside of us right now. And so these can be immediately accessible to you. And yeah, John, absolutely. how are you feeling now compared to when we first jumped on? I feel good. I feel like uh, the wheels of the plane are getting tucked in as I start to glide up upward. Yay. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. And guys, thank you for listening. Um, until next time, signing off, this is Magic Bean and my co-pilot, um, Positivity Pancake. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.